0: to Padre and this is another episode of Gilbert and Frank's Colossal Obsessions and we're once again recording at Nutmeg with our engineer Frank Ferdarosa and Quincy Jones if you're out there dear God, come on this podcast.
1: (laughs) You enjoyed the Quincy Jones interview?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marlon Brando fucking Richard (laughs) Pryor. I mean, I Did Raleigh Cox know? That's all I can can say. I pride myself on all the weird, knowing all the weird sexual habits of the stars. And that one went Mm -hmm. past
1: me. Uh-huh. That's better than Olivier and Danny Kay. Uh, yes, yeah.
0: yes, because they just shoved their fingers <laughs> in each other's assholes, <laughs> which which it seems like they should do. And we're off to a roaring start. Yeah.
1: Hello, Danny. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Good. Our obsession this week is the podcast of our friend Danny Lobel, who is here. Yes. Yes. A show you have been on.
0: That's, that's right. Any memory of being on that show? I block it from... <laughs> Trust me. And especially now, all I could think about is a 700-pound Marlon Brando as fucking Richard Pryor. How do you
1: know it wasn't the other way around? How do you know Brando oh. wasn't the bottom?
0: Well, I'd like to think there's that, that scary moment of Brando like where Pryor is in terror the whole time. Danny, you want to weigh
1: in on this? <laughs> um, you think Quincy's losing it? You know probably. his wife. His wife, uh, Pryor's widow, said sounds legit, and his yes. daughter Rain. Yeah, she was immediately, upset, very upset. Yeah, she immediately trashed it. But but it. look so at it this way:
0: if someone said your father was getting ass fucked by Marlon Brando, I I think you'd probably have a tendency to deny it <laughs> with, without giving <laughs> it any. <laughs> but what
1: about if it was Marlon Perkins? Does that make it any better, <laughs> Danny? Comic, podcaster, yes. comic book author.
2: That is all, those are all things. You are like a that? renaissance man. And you are here. I'm going through the Daniel Bell renaissance as we speak. You're going through it as we speak? I'm having the, this is the best part of, period of my life, creatively. I've been having such a great time. Good for you. So I've been doing the podcast, like you yes, mentioned. Yes, yes. Uh, is comedians discussing philosophy. Yes, tell us the title. Uh, it's called Modern Day Philosophers. Very good a, show. Very smart, funny guy named Alex Facella is a comic here in New York and he finds a philosopher to pair up with the comedian who I'm talking to and some common thing between them and then we have a a good conversation of half interview and half philosophical talks. So.
1: I liked every episode except Gilbert's. Yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I Gilbert was one of the ones who was intimidated uh the most I think by the philosophy. Then he did he did well with it, but I you know, sometimes the comics they they don't they're afraid to go near it. But what I tell everybody, and I told you, and then I edit it out, is that these are all thoughts you've had anyway. They're just not written as densely as the philosophers. Yeah, put them. they're not as fancy.
1: Yeah, when you think of them yourself. I think when it comes to Danes, he's more Victor Borga than uh, yeah. Kierkegaard. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Gil? But you held your own. He kept asking you about your anxieties and and yeah, Kierkegaard
0: based. Philosophies, and I think you related. And and Kierkegaard used to like point out what famous people at the time were Jews. <laughs> I, <laughs> Did you try to make the
2: case that Kierkegaard was an anti-Semite? <laughs> Is
1: that what you were after?
2: You know, some people say that Kierkegaard was actually uh, also a bottom to Richard Pryor or <laughs> Marlon
1: <more than> Brandt. <laughs> you know, I learned on word.
2: I learned on that show from Danny, the, the creator of Tintin. Turned out to be... Anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was an active anti-Semite, and he brought... Uh, I think he brought Nazism into Belgium. He he financed you know a lot of it. No! <laughs> He'll never look at Tintin the same And oh, way. God. The, the great thing for me about that is that Spielberg made the movie, yes. which I feel like was a win for the Jews in the end, you know?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, he was an anti-Semite, and... That guy Dahl. Uh the who did, Dahl? Yeah. Uh yeah, who did Willy Wonker.
1: Yeah. Patricia Neal's husband. Oh yeah? I believe he was married to the actress Patricia Neal.
0: Yeah, so I guess Patricia Neal hated the I I don't know that she did. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, tell us about the show. Tell us she how she was it p- pretty in her day. Patricia but- Neal? Yeah, yeah, wasn't she? Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll face in the crowd. She hated the Jews. I don't know about yeah. that. We're gonna have to, uh, Paul. Me, find out if Patricia Neal hated the Jews.
0: And for that matter, find out if Andy Griffith
2: did, because he was in face. Would that make it? A, would that make it a little hotter, Gilbert? If you if you were with with a chick and she hated Jews.
0: Uh, yeah. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> I I heard oh, a Lord. story that. Kirk Douglas was out with this girl, and she kept making anti-Semitic remarks. Uh-huh. She didn't know that he was. And then later on, he's having sex with her, and in the middle of it, Kirk Douglas screamed out, "You're fucking a Jew!"
2: A <laughs> line <laughs> you've been dying to use. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> you know I was, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was at my buddy, Matty Goldberg, great comedian in Mm -hmm. in L.A. I was at his house, and he's on the east side, and I'm on the west side, and I took an Uber back not too long ago. And uh, the guy picks me up. He tells me he lives in Mexico, but he he crosses the border to make – he's not Mexican, but he went there because it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. He crosses the border to San Diego to make some money every day, and somebody asked him to drive to Beverly Hills. So that's why he wound up in L.A. for the day and, and picked me up. I go, oh wow, that's a good fair, and then he goes, yeah, yeah, but a lot of a lot of Jews in Beverly Hills. I was like, all right, where's this going? Let me check. Oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So I go, oh yeah, yeah, plenty of Jews. I, I'm not giving up that I'm Jewish. And He goes, they got those funny hats. I go, oh sure, very funny hats. Uh, and I just wanted to see where it went. Oh boy, it got bad, and I was terrified. It was a forty minute drive from. <laughs> Matt, by the end, he's telling me, you know, Hitler was a great man. He was Time Magazine's man of the year. He goes, the Jews spin it now because he's dead to make him look like a bad guy. But he did everything for Germany. He gave them everything. He goes, the Volkswagen, that was the people's wagon, bro. He said he was going to make He he created so many jobs. People try and spin it like he's a bad guy. But I'm telling you, those Jews, they're evil. (laughs) I was like, why wow. right, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> I, was,
0: I was terrified by the end of the ride. Yeah, and see, now you got a chance to rethink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about the show. You've had everybody on this show, from Pat Cooper to Reggie Watts. That's a lot of range. Yes. Uh, and you've had some of our guests, Phil Rosenthal, Artie Lang, Cliff, um, our friend Kelly Carlin. Sure. When, these, when you approach these comics with the premise that you're going to you're going to talk about philosophy. Yeah. What's the what is the uh, what is the usual reaction?
2: Well, it's always such a range. Like you know, Gilbert was intimidated by it. I just did one with George Wallace uh, last week, mm-hmm. and he also was very intimidated by it. But then both cases, when they get to the philosophy, these are like I said, these are all thoughts they've already had, and they're great C- comics. Just sit around philosophizing. That's what, you know the whole idea of the show is really to get the comedians' philosophies.
0: Do you believe off. that philosophy? Yeah, it's the words on a cereal box <laughs> that was taught to us by what's her name. Who's that? Paul Simon's girl wife. <laughs> oh, Edie, Edie Brickell? Yes. What? <laughs> what I am is what I am. Oh, that song. Yes. 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 One yes. of the lines. The is New Bohemians. Was philosophy. That the name of the band? Uh, philosophy is the right. words on a cereal box. Oh yeah, Very yeah, cool.
2: yeah. Well, it could be. It depends what kind of cereal, I guess. If it's Life. Yes. Then,
0: <laughs> do you when you
1: when you're pairing people up like Pat Cooper was with Marcus Aurelius, which I found interesting. <laughs> this is my favorite part of that show. Pat says, "Who's Marcus Aurelius?" And Danny says, "He's a philosopher." And Pat says, "Yeah, fuck him." <laughs> that
0: was the highlight of the show
1: for me. What has he done for me lately?
0: <laughs> That's when it got profound. Pat. Pat Cooper. It's one of those guests that we've had on the show. We had him right in that corner, Dan. It, it, it's one of those guests where you could go go out and see a movie, yeah.
1: and
2: Come back and <laughs> still be. Talking. We could have put
1: two cardboard cutouts yeah. on ourselves in the chairs. <laughs> it's true. You just he'd still be going. I used yeah.
2: to I used to have him on my radio show. Uh, you know, I had the the first comedy podcast mm-hmm. back in two thousand and four. Was uh, Comical Radio that we did, mm-hmm. and Pat Cooper was on like. 10 or 11 times, I think. And uh, Mark Maron was on one time with Pat, and he still says he remembers that as something like he'd never experienced in show business any other time. (laughs) Just Pat just sitting there talking. No one else could get a word in for like an hour, and we're all just like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. And he's just screaming. (laughs) I I said,
1: let me see what Pat Cooper has to say about Marcus Aurelius.
2: So I I tuned in, and mostly he ragged on Joan Rivers for 20 minutes. Uh, It was right after Joan Rivers died, and he he was telling me... (laughs) <laughs> what what did he, he gives me a book about <laughs> what's the funniest thing? He made a little comic book called Pat Cooper Knocks Out Joan Rivers. <laughs> he made these things and it's just insults of him insulting Joan Rivers every page. And then he goes, I sent them to Joan and she didn't like them, and my wife had to smooth the whole thing
0: out <laughs> years I, I, ago. I remember Rodney Dangerfield, I once heard him say, Oh, <laughs> uh, Joan Rivers. She sent the Jews back 2,000 years. <laughs> what did he mean by that?
1: <laughs> Jack Ginsberg. Yeah. What did
2: he mean by that, I wonder? I thought that was fantastic. that He printed up a book of just insulting Joan Rivers and sent <laughs> hundreds of them to her house and then was surprised that she wouldn't like that. <laughs> He's unhinged.
0: We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this.
1: And now back to the show. How, do you do you uh, you have a method for combining the philosopher with the comic? Is it something about the comics material that lends itself to? Oh, I'll go with.
2: Well, that's Alex Vescella. That's the genius of Alex. He mm-hmm. he. I tell him who I'm going to interview, and he comes up with it. Like when I did the Carl Reiner one, he said, "Well, Carl Reiner's half of the two thousand year old man. That's a thousand." So he picked a philosopher who's who had turned a thousand, which was Maimonides. So we oh perfect. paired him up with a thousand. Okay, so there's a, there's a
1: theme. There's a method. Yeah, there's always can, something different. If you can find one, how did Gilbert draw Kierkegaard? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, this ha- this ought to be good. When I to tu- when I tuned in, I kept waiting. I said, if, if Danny does this seamlessly, if he gets Gilbert to talk about Kierkegaard, uh-huh. he's a genius.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we got somewhere with it, I think. It was uh, it it was tough. I remember that. I remember you were very hesitant to go near it. But once we yep. got there, because you know, I love that documentary that they did on you.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, Neil's film, Neil
1: Berkeley.
2: Yeah, and I feel like you know people now see this other side of Gilbert. But I I feel like there was some hesitation to show the real Gilbert because I've hung out with you in real life and I know the the sweet guy that you are. But uh, I, I, you know, I I think you were still that was pre you sh- showing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's a
1: 20 minute runner about John Wayne sodomi- sodomy on on that episode. <laughs> something about something about John Wayne sodomizing Indians. Yes. Uh, I think these are the notes I took. You know, I wanted to learn about philosophy.
0: I think, and so. then <laughs> I think we you discussed John Wayne fucking Richard Pryor. No, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sure
1: that made it. A, I learned your, your model your your the, the sweet model airplane story about your dad and the hardware store uh, yes. you told on Danny's show.
0: Yeah which where, I did not know. Um, yeah. My my father had a hardware store in Coney Island and he had one little toy model kit of an airplane. I remember back then kids were really into sniffing glue. <laughs> so they passed a law that you can't buy glue. Unless you're buying a model with it, yeah. And uh, so he kept this little toy airplane kit, and they'd come in, they'd buy that and glue, and then he'd like count to five, and we'd go outside, and in the trash in right. front of the store would be that. <laughs> so he kept, it kept reselling. reselling. That's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> These are some of the the other ones I listened to. The Shecky. You had more luck with Shecky than we did.
2: Oh, boy. Boy, I could tell you stories about that. That was fantastic. Uh, So, first of all, he gave me his address um, in Palm Springs originally. Mm -hmm. So, he didn't tell me he was in his place in San Diego. So, I drove all the way to Palm Springs to do the interview. And I call him up. I'm like, I'm in front of your place. He goes... What am in San Diego? What are you doing in Palm Springs? You didn't get the update. There was no update. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> So I went the next day to San Diego. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I'm I'm determined. So I went the next day to to wow. San Diego. That's a hike. And he was uh he was fantastic. At first he 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 says, You gotta meet me at this uh strip mall, and then I'll take you in, and we'll leave your car there, and then I'll take you in my car into this uh, you know, he's in a gated community. Mm-hmm. So I get to the strip mall and he's dancing in the parking lot and singing, Danny Lobel, Danny Lobel, you want to get an orange juice? I was like, okay. Yeah. So he goes, I got the best place for orange juice. So he takes me to this place where they do sque- fresh squeezed orange juice and he's singing the whole time. The whole time we're talking, he's singing. Anything on Gilbert? you have anything nice nah, to the, say? They were all mostly old timers. He just okay. kept telling me. the. Okay. The-
1: <laughs> There's been some uh, some tension there. Yeah, yeah. Cause oh.
0: one time I was doing a Friars event, and he was supposed to be following me, and I went up, and and I heard. And then when it's time to introduce him, Joy Behar was in the audience, and they brought her up. She was just there as an audience member,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and then I found out that while I was on, he was. St- Storming out of the place going, I'm not following this, this filth. I was in the Navy. You didn't hear this story? And we didn't use language (laughs) like that. (laughs) I'm sure they didn't use language like that in the Navy. Of
2: of course, it always makes sense to compare every comedic event to the Navy. You know?
0: (laughs) And then he like threatened to punch Freddie Roman if yeah. he got <laughs> he's to take a shot at Freddie Roman,
1: yeah. who's like 106.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, he, like I'm telling you, he's on the warpath. That guy, you know, yeah. he was going after everybody. Who's angrier, Shecky
1: or Pat Cooper? Good question. Uh, <laughs> or
2: Jackie Mason, another oh, God, another guy another you one. got to. Jackie Mason. How I worked did you for. How did you do this? I worked for Jackie you Mason. Did. For a long time, and we're still. For, I spoke to him this week. Okay, he's, we, we talk all the time. Okay, and uh, he's fantastic. He's a, you know most people have this other Jackie Mason. I know that Jackie too, and uh, I mean I've I've experienced all the variety of Jackie Masons that there are, but if you combine them all and get the common denominator, he's a great guy. Um, he, I was I was publishing a comedy magazine in the early two thousand. When we met. When we met. Yeah, when yeah. we first met. And I I got an interview with Jackie, and we did it at the Wellington Hotel, and uh, I recorded the whole thing on a mini disc, and I went to play it back, and then it was like skipping. The disc was up. I'd be like, you know, who are your who are your favorite comedians? You know, skipping around. So so I I called. He he gave me his number. He said if you need. If you need further clarification about any of these things, give me a call. So I called him up. I was asking him further clarification for things because it wasn't playing. I was. I just want further clarification when it says who your favorite comedian is. Why the hell would you need further clarification about a simple thing like that? I told you I like Lenny Bruce and I like this one. And then the, okay, all right. I was I was nervous. I didn't want to ask him all the questions. So why? I why to hang up. So I called him the next day. Hey, I just want. <laughs> Further clarification no. on uh, <laughs> how you got started. <laughs> what the hell kind of, you need further clarification on how, I, this is a very cut and dry thing. I told you how I got started. So, so the third time I call them, I go, you know, I just want further clarification. He goes, let me ask you a question. Did you, did you lose the interview? I go, yeah, kind of. It's not, it's not working. He go, you see, I knew you were a liar right away. With the further clarification, he goes, I'm having spaghetti tonight. You could come down and re-interview me. So I go down, and then we hit it off. Uh-huh. And, and then he, and then from there, he goes, You look like a guy who's not that busy. What are you doing tomorrow? At three <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, uh, nothing. He goes, that's what I figured. Come down to the Aubon Pan and we'll get coffee. And I get to the yes. Aubon Pan and he goes, you got to be there exactly at 4.55. And I get there at 4.55. He goes, all right. Thank God you're here on time. Do you know why I told you to be here right now? I go, why? He goes, because in five minutes exactly every pastry in there is going to be on sale for 50% off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Gilbert, he's a man after your own heart. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he goes, but, but the place is going to be flooded with homeless. I can't be seen. I'm an international sensation. I can't be seen in there begging <laughs> for, for homeless people for pastries. So you need to get in there. And he goes, here's $2. Go get us some croissants, you know. <laughs> <It's hilarious. laughs> so that was it. So then we started hanging out every day. And now you bud. And then he'd send me out on dates for him. He'd, he I don't know where he'd get these women from. They, there were always something strange women that 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 uh, he would find. And Hilarious. He'd go, I got, I got news for you. I gotta have lunch with my manager Jill. She's not so thrilled with the fact that I'm seeing this particular broad. So here's my credit card. Take her out. Don't you dare fall in love with her. And I'll, and I'm gonna make a, a meeting point with you. <laughs> and Broadway then you hand her off. To me. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I take you the beard. Girls. I take these girls out. They expected Jackie to be there. He he tell me, you know, she's a she's a brunette. She's she's attractive. She's a shiksa, you know. And then she's she's gonna be waiting there. She's gonna expect me. She's gonna be disappointed when a big fat guy like you shows up instead of a handsome guy like me. You know, you'd always be ripped. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure you could you could smooth it out. And here's my credit card. Don't go crazy. Uh, take her out. Go see a movie. Get whatever you want to eat. And then we meet here, and you hand her off to me.
0: That's <laughs> so hilarious. We had, we had this kind of thing.
2: Your Mason
1: from. is great. Oh, let's get, you guys should do a dueling
0: Jackie Mason. <laughs> yeah, because I I Roberts remember pretty good. I was uh, with Darren, like Florida, I think, or L.A. or wherever. Yeah. And we saw Jackie Mason walking down the street. So. Uh, she, Darren went over to him and and, and said, oh, I'm Gilbert's wife. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't like that Gilbert. He (laughs) loused me. He (laughs) loused me. (laughs) How did he louse you? How did you louse him? I have no idea.
1: Darren, did he explain it to you? Nope. Nope. She's shrugging. I
0: I, think it was one time something happened with Jackie Mason in the news and, uh... (laughs) And Howard Stern was going, "Oh, we've got Jackie Mason on the <laughs> phone now," and I would start answering. Say, <laughs> do that again. Yeah. <laughs> he loves me. I don't like that. Gilbert, he loves. <laughs> me. So he wouldn't <laughs> come over and say hello
1: now. The best no. is no. we were
2: <laughs> we were in Miami once together, and we're on this this strip. We're sitting having salads, and every single person who comes by. Jackie would, would come over. They'd come over to Jackie, be like, Hey, Jackie Mason, you know, and he'd go, Let me ask you a question. Are you a homosexual?
1: <laughs> Every single person. I understand there's a this lot of homosexuals woman? around here. Are you one of them? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and some oh of them were. They'd be like, God. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got nothing against it. I just was curious. I hear there's a lot of homosexuals.
0: <laughs> Did he ever talk to you about oh, Lord. Because this is something I wish there was film on and not even their act i just want the two of them in a room talking uh that he was uh in a comedy team with pat cooper at one oh my god
1: oh i'm trying boy. to wrap my mind around that can we get them
2: in the room together and probably see what happens not. they probably uh, don't no. Hate each <laughs> no there's
1: got to be some
2: i don't know uh you know i've been independently friendly with both of them i've never heard anything about that I'd like um, to see them square off. I have a you know, Jackie, I when I when I had the magazine he used to do these true comedy stories for me every issue, and one of the best ones was he told a story about nearly getting into a, a fist fight with Rodney Dangerfield at the Carnegie. Have you ever heard that? Nope.
0: I, I have heard that one, yeah. yeah. He, he, he
2: he he said, you know, he was very upset because he was holding out for more money for Kaddishek too, and then I took the part and uh, they loved me. They loved me for the part. And I'm sitting there at, at the Carnegie Deli and he walks in and he's Hey, I'll tell you, look at it hey it's Jackie Mason, the guy who stole my part, you know, and then and, and he he's go, I never stole nothing. They called me up and then and, and Rodney goes, You're not even you're not even a real star. You're a Jewish kind of star. Only Jews like you. He goes, What the fuck do you know about what who likes me? <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they both uh they both so he, so jackie describes it that he got up and he's like got right in rodney's face and rodney said i'll punch you right now and the waiters of the carnegie had to pull them apart and and ask them to leave don't you love show business oh yeah <laughs> here's another
1: another great person that we had on this show that you interviewed joe the the wonderful joe franklin
2: Oh my god! What was god. that
1: experience? Did you interview him in his office? Did you get to go into the that
2: was in the, the inner sanctum? Oh god! Yeah. What a scary yeah. place! Oh yeah. my god! I used I was to there hang once. out there with him a lot. You know, I used to run shows. Another guy I worked for mm-hmm. was he had a comedy club in the back of I, Memory Lane. I remember. And I ran shows for him, and I was on the shows, and I and I also booked the shows. And he he'd come to a lot of the shows. Sometimes he'd get up and he had these stock jokes that he would do. Yep. And uh, and he also he always had a million girlfriends. He always had all these these young actresses, and he would promise them it was so fantastic. He go, they go, they'd be sitting there, be like Joe. Joe told me I'm, we're at the table right in in memory lane, and they'll turn to me like Joe's getting me a part in a movie, and then Joe would be sitting there, oh yes, oh yes, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful part, wonderful part. <laughs> <laughs> Joe a Franklin on the of make big producers, a lot of big producers.
0: <laughs> I yes, I remember a weird. I, I was uh, at Joe Franklin's office doing something, and he had this guy who was like, you know, had mental problems. <laughs> he was like, uh, you yes, know. Yes, I know who he in, was. In the day, they used to call it retarded. And, yes, and he did. But he had these severe mental problems, and he used to work with him coffees and, and stuff,
2: yeah. Probably because
0: Joe Franklin paid him a nickel a month or something. Yeah. And... He comes over, mumbles something to us, and then, uh, you know, scampers off. And Joe Franklin turns to me and goes, "Eh, there, there's a good reason for for sterilization."
1: <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> the beloved Joe Franklin. You are slaying sacred cows. Oh, my God. What did you talk to Joe about? Do you remember who the philosopher
2: was? No. With
1: with Jackie Mason, it was Martin Luther, which had to be interesting.
2: The best thing about that Jackie Mason episode is because we have this long history, and we always get into these things. So I, I told him, let's do the interview at your at your apartment. And he goes, fine, meet me be at the apartment. So I get there. And he's like, he must have been in the apartment for too many hours and he was antsy and he wanted to get out. And he's like, let's go and do this at a, at a diner. We always hang out at a diner. People would like to know what it's like to really hang out with us. You know, he's trying to build oh, it up yeah. like this just to get me out. And I know it's going to be terrible audio. So I said, let's just do it here. It's quiet. No, people like ambient noise. People <laughs> love ambient noise. <laughs> so I go, nobody likes ambient noise. Well, what's more interesting to you, an interview where you have no idea where the hell they did it or something where you get the, the feeling of New York and the hustle I I, I I go, all right, there's no way he's going to do it here. So I said, fine, we have to find a quiet place. So we're walking around midtown where he lives. We go into one place. It's way too loud. He goes, how about this? I go, "That's we can't record here. I go, all right, fine. So I pick a place. How about this? He goes, I don't like this place. I had a fight with the owner. All right, fine. We, how about this place? He goes, I know the perfect place. So we, we're walking like crazy. This is taking way too long. We're an hour. We're going from place to place. <laughs> And he goes, he goes, I got the perfect place. So he takes us there and it closed down. He goes, I don't know. It was open yesterday. It was clearly closed for a long time. So it starts raining, you know, Not and now we're, we're like running in between umbrellas, you know, with my recording equipment. And he goes, all right, we'll get a cab. So we get a cab and he takes us to this diner on the other side of town and it is empty. It's a good place to record. And we start recording the interview. And the more we record, the more the diner fills up, and it gets louder and louder. But Jackie's got pride, and he doesn't want to admit that this was a bad idea to record in this diner. So he keeps getting louder to prove that there's no (laughs) reason to be upset. So the the louder the diner gets, the louder Jackie gets. And the more he gets, he lost his voice. So by the time we got to Martin Luther, he was so hoarse. He's like, I can't do much more of this. We got to end it.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable.
1: Oh God. Yeah. And obviously you were also a friend and a fan of the great Shelly Berman. Yes. You did one of your episodes, was a Shelley Berman tribute?
2: Yes, yeah, Shelly Berman. Well, he was on the podcast and uh, this was an interesting thing. What happened, I went with my wife who was in the process of converting to Judaism and his wife converted to Judaism. And after the interview, uh, he invited us to, he had a knife collection he had Shelly Berman at a knife ma- collection. Yes. Oh, wow. A huge <laughs> knife collection by all these, like, famous knife makers, and he went to knife conventions every year. Interesting. And most of his friends were knife makers. Jeez. And, yeah, and he had all these display cases all over the house of all these knives, which were, like, his treasures. Uh, you know, they don't mean much to me because I don't know much about knives, but he was so thrilled with these knives, so he wanted to show them off. So he's showing off the knives, and my wife was there, and she's talking to, to his wife. And in the process, our wives like hit it off big, and he and I d- did pretty well, too. And they said, well, you know, let's stay friends. And we were new to L.A., and we had no friends, no couple friends anyway. So we became couple friends nice. with the Burmans. That's nice. And we started uh, doing lunches together, and uh, he came over to my house for Rosh Hashanah. And he was at the table, and he's biting into pomegranates at the table. He goes, telling everyone, you don't need to peel a pomegranate. You bite into it. And, and the, we just became really, really close. And his daughter started coming over, and his grandkids started coming All of a sudden, we got absorbed into the Berman family. And then when my wife and I got married, Shelly Berman walked me out to the dance floor. And uh, Oh, that's he, so cool. He, oh, he, that's it, was, it was wonderful. And he was uh, dancing, and, and Sarah, his, his, his now widow, was dancing with Kylie, and he was dancing with me, and he was like the life of the party at my wedding. He was j- jumping around with his cane and doing all kinds of party tricks. He was fantastic.
1: Nice story. We are going to have him here, but we heard he was in poor health.
2: And, he and we did, he we developed didn't dementia, to, and yeah, he, uh, we he, it, it went very fast. Yes. But even with dementia, he was fun to hang out with because he became very sweet with the dementia. You know, he used to have, like, this grumbliness to yeah, it, yeah. but that went away.
1: Well, he had some challenges in his
2: career. Yeah, it, it yeah. About. he did. Yeah.
0: It's funny. I mean, I've met him a handful of times and also very nice to me. Yeah. Nothing but good things to say about him. But I i heard he was another one who
2: made loads of enemies. He had a prickly side to him. I never experienced it personally. But, you know, he lost his son yeah. when his son was like 13, right before his bar mitzvah. Oh, Yeah. He yes. had a brain tumor, I think, right. when he died. and i And he never recovered from that. But you know he would if you got to know Shelley he was like a, a brilliant poet he wrote poetry he was he was a very sweet guy very smart real artist and uh real really a nice guy
0: and i i heard an interview where Shelley Berman said he was working i don't know Vegas or wherever and his son was back at the hotel room and he spoke to his son on the phone and he get, he said he remembered his son sounded like he was drunk. You know, he was slurring his words. And that was the first sign. I'm that. glad you got to know him when he was sharp and when
1: he yeah. was when he was the real Shelly Berman.
2: And then I got to it's know nice, the, the not sharp Shelly Berman and he was great too. Yeah. He was he was wow. like a playful child when he had the dementia. He was just so sweet and full of happiness. Like uh, you know, some people with dementia get angry and, and uh they want yeah, everyone get away from me and stuff. Sure. But Shelley was like he was he was just the happiest, most blissful guy with the dementia, and uh, they his wife is amazing, Sarah. And she, they they did a, a like a Hanukkah slash Christmas party, or um, it was like a Hanukkah party for Jews on Christmas Eve every night, every uh, every year. So we went to that for for a few years, and uh, towards the end, they still did it when Shelly had the oh, dementia. Oh, that's and, nice. And he was uh, he was just fun. He just he was so happy to be. He didn't know who everyone was. But he was just so happy to be surrounded by everyone. Well, Gilbert's and- like that now. <laughs> <laughs> he re- he's retained his sweetness. Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm sorry we never got him on this show. I really am. Yeah. Uh, tell us about this comic book, Dan. So th- called this- Fair Enough. This as-, comic- as we wind down.
2: Yeah, fair enough. It's uh, this is my this uh, is my my big thing that I've been hoping to do forever, uh, and I'm finally doing it. And it's um the it's the stories from my life uh, as a comedian. It's it's gonna future ones are like crazy road stories. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I have a good anti-Semitic road story for you. My, okay, my, <laughs> <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> my my friend Maddie, who I mentioned earlier, and I we went to um to play this place called Billy Baloney's in Danbury, Connecticut, about ten years ago, and it was uh. If you've ever been to Danbury, Connecticut, it's uh, it's not like the rest of Connecticut. It's it's like going to a white nationalist uh, convention. Oh. So we get there. It's all these skinheads. And the, the guy comes back uh, who, ru- who runs Billy Baloney, Mr. Baloney. He comes up to us and he's like, all right, listen, this is Danbury. He goes, you know, anything flies here. We like, you know, I'm not even going to say the, the words on this show and get myself in trouble because... We like yeah, you know, N-word jokes, and we like we love it. You, you, if you were dying to say it, say it here. We love it, you know, and go after everybody. The, the, you know, the every ethnic slur you can imagine. He he throws it at us. He goes, I want to hear all that stuff, guys. And then he get, we look at each other like, what the hell did we get into? So Maddie, I I can pass for Italian or other things, but Maddie looks very distinctly Jewish. So he goes out first. And everybody starts screaming. The whole audience are screaming anti-Semitic slurs at him. You know, couldn't <laughs> get a joke out. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, so he gets off real fast. I get out there. I do my time as quickly as possible. And then afterwards, we go to get paid. We're like, let's get paid and get the hell out of here before they kill us. And uh, And they said, we have a birthday party first. So as soon as we do the birthday, sing happy birthday, we'll pay you. And they come out with a ho-ho with a candle in it. And they all go around to this woman whose, whose head is concaved in. And they sing happy birthday. And Maddie happens to go up and and ask her, like, I don't know how he brought it up about her head. <laughs> and and she says her boyfriend um, accidentally shot her in the head and blew off a piece of her skull. And, and he goes, well, you know. <laughs> It's it's good that you're not with him anymore. And she goes, No, that's him.
0: Oh jeez.
2: <laughs> oh jeez. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> will, will we
2: find that story in the comic that book? That will be in a in a later comic book. In a book. later issue. But also, oh. Maddie wrote his version of that story in his book, which you can pick up. It's the
1: comic is called, called Fair N- Enough. Yeah.
2: And Maddie's book is called No IQ. I'll give it a plug too.
1: Okay. And this is based on your life. And the show is modern day philosophers, which we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna tell our listeners to check out, people like Bill Burr. Mark Marin, uh, Fred Armisen, you had on there, and of course all of these great classic. Oh,
2: and per- did you guys Carl have Professor Reiner? Irwin Corey on? We did, and we didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah! <laughs> that he he was for the Excuse longest me. time that mystery guest that we never mentioned.
2: Ah.
1: He was the first guest on the show, but we never used the we never used the it, uh, the content. Uh. He
0: was over a hundred at the time, and we went to his apartment. Yeah, I went there. Interviewed him. And then afterwards, we went around the block and were having a slice of pizza after we left his apartment. Uh And I was, I remember saying to Frank, Well, we tried this podcast thing, and, uh, you know, that's all you could do. We gave it a shot. Uh, Now let's forget the whole podcast.
2: But so he, he was, almost destroyed the whole but thing. But he was for very him. sweet
1: and he was very willing, and okay. we were great. We were grateful to him. I caught it him, I guess, on a out. good
2: day. I got him when he was 102. Yeah. And we did a modern day philosophers, and his philosopher was Gandhi, and he hated Gandhi. Whom, whom he knew. I, th- I thought that was, yeah, he, <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> hated Gandhi. But but yeah, this this is fair enough. The comic, the website is fairenoughcomic.com. And you the bet. first one is about uh, my, my friendship with Harvey Picar and how he kind of pushed me into show business. Yes, it's fascinating. So, it's yeah. and
1: it's, a, it's a great chutzpah story. Yeah. And check out the podcast. You can start with Gilbert's episode. You'll learn uh, who was anti-Semitic. <laughs> uh, Henry Ford and Lindbergh, you guys also threw in to that episode. Uh, where can people find it?
2: Uh, it's on iTunes. Just type in Modern Day Philosophers, or, or you could go to the website, moderndayphilosophers.net. And in the same breath, if I can just plug yeah. my new album, Go I for have it. a new stand-up record out from Stand-Up Records. The great Dan Schlissel of Stand-Up Records put it out, and it's called Danny Lobel, The Nicest Boy in Barcelona, and it's an hour of stand-up I did in Barcelona.
1: You are the hardest-working man in show business.
0: <laughs> I have to be. Nobody notices. <laughs>
2: Otherwise, no one notices.
0: Well, uh... Why don't, mean, you, why don't
2: you take us out as Jackie?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes please. Well, as I'll a go. tribute. be before I do, Quincy Jones, dear God, <laughs> please call. I think we asked
2: him. I think that was a non-starter.
1: So we'll yeah. try again.
0: Well, this has been Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal oppositions. <laughs> and we've had many on with his comic books. <laughs> his comic books, his radio show, every all of a sudden he's some big <laughs> shot. The, he's a regular. He's like some Steven Spielberg. Because she has got this little comic book and a radio show.
2: That's <laughs> exactly what he said. That's exactly what he said. What coming. the hell do you think you are going on a show and talking about me? You think you're some big star now? <laughs> Thank oh, you man Danny. guys I gotta say what an honor it is to, to have been here oh, and uh, I've spent many hours of my commutes listening to the podcast. go on you flatter us and uh, you're both phenomenal you. and uh, and I, I love the show Thanks thank for you having buddy me. Uh, your show
1: is you. wonderful too modern day philosophers people listen I like
2: colossal obsession.